So I was expecting to wake up today to uh, anywhere between two and three feet of snow because that's what every turn on the news last night or even since the weekend. Any local news, it's all you saw. New York going to be hammered by record snowfall. So what happens? You, you, you know, New York is, um, it, it actually does well with natural disasters and three feet of snow would have certainly been a, a disaster. I mean, one foot will shut the city down three feet. I don't think it's ever happened. Uh, so, you know, everybody, the, I'll tell you what, man, grocery store, thank God for bodegas. Because I went to the grocery store, pick up a few things like an idiot. You know, I do it the day before. Uh, like, there, in like a fairly, you know, there are no huge, well, there are some huge shopping uh, supermarkets, but it was, you know, fairly medium-sized one. It was like 500 people. They had lines going on from, from the registers all the way back to the bread and milk, you know? Uh, it was crazy. So I'm like, fuck this. I can't deal with that. They got kids screaming because they're standing on line for, for two hours and they got fucking snot running out of their nose. I'm like, fuck that. So, you know, you go to a bodega, you pay a couple bucks more. And then I went to the the bodega. I wanted to get some ham and the guy was Muslim, so they didn't sell ham. So I had to get roast beef. Anyway, uh, so, you know, everyone's all ready to go. You know, in a certain respect, the shitty, the, the shitty, the city shut down um, at like 11 o'clock last night. It was actually illegal or prohibited, I guess I should say. I don't even know how they have the legal authority to do this, but no cars except for emergency vehicles on, on the roads. Uh, actually, no cars except emergency vehicles and media, whatever. So it was so weird. And, you know, it seemed very believable at first. The snow started coming at a pretty heavy clip. And they said it's going to stop for a little bit. And then it's going to start snowing two to three inches per hour. And they said, this is 100%. No, you know, no 90%, no 99%. 100% certainty of one to three inches per hour leading to anywhere between 20 and 30-something inches. So... You know, it's kind of cool. You know, people are, everybody's got the day off. The next day, they shut down the streets. They shut down the subways and buses. Literally, you, you know, you got to stay where you are. So it's kind of cool. Everybody's got a snow day on Tuesday. People are out in the bars having a good time, waiting for the snow. All right. So, you know, I wake up this morning and it's this, you know, I look out the window and it's the same, you know, like seven or eight inches that were there when I went to sleep. I'm like, what the fuck happened? It turns out they just, they totally blew it, you know? And here's the interesting thing about this is that when you did watch the news, if you did watch the news, all you saw was a hundred percent likelihood of two to three feet of snow. However, if you look around a little bit to some actual weather forecasting uh, models and websites, that the hundred percent chance of two to three inches an hour leading to two to three feet of snow, those were not the only forecasts. There were plenty of forecasts out there that actually predicted less than 10 inches, which is, of course, what happened, which is no big deal for the city to handle. It's, a, you know, the, the what, you know, they were overprepared for it, but I mean, when, when it did, you know, drop seven, eight inches, it was gone instantly. I mean, New York is well-equipped to deal with snow. So the media just ignored all of the forecasts that did say this is going to miss the city. And why wouldn't they? Nobody's going to, if there's, you know, three stations on and one of them saying prepare for three feet and one of them saying, hey, this is probably not even going to be 10 inches. Which, which station is going to keep their advertisers happy? It's all fucking bullshit. The information was out there. It wasn't a, it wasn't a universal consensus. And it, it's not that it was 100%. It was a 0%. It ended up being 0% that any snow was going to... Now, listen, they did get some things right. They got Eastern Long Island right, and they got, I guess, parts of New England right. But they fucked up and cost the city millions and millions of dollars. Business is completely shut down because when you woke up the next morning, sure, there was no snow, but there was also still for some reason or you still couldn't drive for some reason and there was still no way to take the, the the subway or the bus or even city bike fucking pulled other bikes off the fucking 
off the fucking road. So, I mean, it's just a massive clusterfuck. And I guess it's a good thing that it missed, but man, you know, who doesn't like a big, a big snow can be fun too. Anyway. I'm grouchy. Welcome to the show, everybody. Hey now, everybody. Word up, y'all. Yes, I'm going down. Yeah. I'm going down, 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 down. All right. Let's get it started. Yes, I got my big feet in the window. Got my head on the ground. Hey, I'd just like to thank uh, the guys over at Vapor Scene, which is a part of uh, Vapor Trails, for inviting me on today. They... Uh, were kind enough to invite me on to talk about um, some of the things I talked about last week on the show, lawsuit, the the lawsuit update, and a few other things. So uh, that was really cool. Thanks, guys. And uh, you can catch, uh, I guess, the replay of that. They have a YouTube channel, or you could just go to VaporTrails.tv. They spell vapor the funny way with the U V A P O U R Trails.tv. Great guys, and I really enjoyed it. Thanks again. Uh, let's see what else. So. What, what else are we going to be doing today? I'm going to tell you all why vaping is doomed, is doomed, more enjoy nonsense. Um, oh, so, th- so you're going to need, you're going to need some special equipment to listen to a part of the show later. What I'm going to be doing is I'm going to be playing some binaural audio. I'll, I'll, I'll explain it later of what that is, but for that part of the show to work properly, you will need headphones Use the best ones you've got, uh, preferably, you know, sealed over-the-ear headphones or in-ear monitors, just the best headphones you got, as well as it will work better if you have a blindfold. I'll explain this all later, but uh, binaural audio is actually lots of fun, and we're going to do that during after hours, so get your headphones ready and uh, blindfold. Uh, Let's see what else. I'm going to talk about all this formaldehyde nonsense, formaldehyde gate. As well as uh, the usual roundup of uh, the state overstepping their rightful authority. Okay, so let's start. Let's start this evening with uh, an email I got. And wouldn't it be nice if I had that ready to go? Um, oh, so here we go. So a gentleman by the name of uh, Brett emailed me. And this is actually a perfect lead-in to what I'm going to be talking about tonight. He says, hi, Russ. I've been an avid listener of your show for some time now, and I'm wondering if you had a show planned to discuss the results of the recent formaldehyde study. I know you've had Dr. Farsalinos on before and was wondering if it would be possible to have him on again to discuss the study. My other question is regarding a show you did a long time ago. You had Kevin from the v- from a VP Live Network, and you and Kevin were discussing getting a PR firm to represent the vaping industry. We all talked about other vendors contributing to the firm. I hadn't heard any updates about the PR firm, so I've been wondering if you all were able to get it off the ground. With the recent formaldehyde study, the media has gone really crazy with all the fear-mongering and without some type of PR firm to be in our corner and prove that the study was done under terrible vaping conditions, this gives the media no opponent against them to stop spreading this false information about the study. Since the study has been released, I have had to explain to so many people why the study was flawed, and many of them uh, didn't want to take the time to listen and look at the proof, so of course they decided to believe what the media had to say. Anyways, thanks for your response, Brett. Uh, Okay, Brett, so thank you. Great questions. Yes, obviously I'll be covering the formaldehyde uh, topic tonight. As for the PR firm, um, I'm glad you asked, because if you were wondering, you're probably not the only one. Uh, Kevin was successful in getting a bunch of very smart people together to form the American Vaping Association. That is basically the PR firm that you're talking about. The American Vaping Association is not a PR firm per se, but I do believe they employ one in their efforts to get 
in front of these news stories. And with regard to your specific question, wouldn't it be great if we had one to deal with this formaldehyde topic? Well, we do, and they have been doing a great job. Uh, Gregory Connolly, formerly of uh, legislative director of CASA, is now the president of the American Vaping uh, Association, and they have been doing a fantastic job. Uh, Greg's been getting on lots of media, lots of websites, you know, some of them mainstream, talk radio, AM. They're doing good. They're, they're, so, yes, we do have this, uh, this ally on our side to fight against, you know, junk science that gets sensationalized like this. And, of course, the other thing is exactly what Brett said. Um, his exact words were, um, since the study has been released, I've had to explain to so many people why the study was flawed, and many of them didn't take the time to listen and look at the proof. So, of course, they decided to believe what the media had to say. Now, Brett, what you're doing is critical. And I know it's difficult because people do tend to believe when every fucking news outlet is quoting something from the New England Journal of uh, of Health or, or, or whatever the whatever journal, New England Journal of Medicine or whatever, respected uh, publication saying that there's formaldehyde and then there's, uh, you know, New York Times, you see them from every angle. People are saying that vaping is worse than smoking. It's tough. It's an uphill battle. But what you're doing is really the best thing that could be done. Sharing your own personal experiences plus a debunking of the bad science. And you're not going to get everybody, but you're going to get some of them. So, Brett, we have a great force, and that is the American Vaping Association. They're doing a great job. And then we have great people like you. So thank you for doing that, and thank you for writing me. Um, much appreciate it, and keep keep it up. Don't give up. So for those, unless you've been living under a rock, you know that they did this study. What they did was they took, uh, basically they took like an Ego Twist and a, a Clearo and turned it up all the way and cooked the thing until it was releasing formaldehyde. Uh, they did it in such a way that no, no vapor would even be able to inhale that because you're, you're burning everything up. You can't even taste the liquid. It's just It's just total shit. Of course, you could hook a machine up to it and get all kinds of wacky numbers, but, you know, it's bad. It's definitely bad science, and they rushed it out because they wanted to get it published and, and the whole thing, but if you think about it, I mean, it's no excuse for being dumb, but what, the, what, what do they know? I mean, this is the way the product is sold, you know? It's not even crazy gear. It's clear and a, and a fucking twist, right? That's hardly high-end equipment. Imagine if they went to a vape shop and instead of instead of buying a an ego twist they got the guy to you know sell him a 100 watt box mod you know and and put even if you put even if you you know pair it with a good clearo like a like a like a sub tanker and well, I don't know if that th that thing's any good but the the, the um, Atlantis is good now you can th you can throw an Atlantis on a 100 watt mod and you know properly set it to like 30 watts and that will be fine. And I doubt that's going to be thrown off much formaldehyde. But what if you turn it up to 100, right? You could easily get sold that setup in a vape in a vape shop. And it's a good setup. Now you jack that thing up to 100 watts. Now you want to see some numbers. There's some fucking numbers. It'll blow out of the water what these guys put there. So what do you do to fight this? You got to do it one at a time like Brett's doing. And fortunately, we do have some friends. I don't know if you've saw this but um i don't know much about this guy on fox news gutfeld really the only things i've seen are his fantastic rants against you know anti-vaping wackos and he did another one about the formaldehyde uh and it's pretty good have a listen have a listen there we go the New England Journal of Medicine ran a letter linking e-cigs to cancer, and the panicky media gobbled it up like a pot brownie. <laughs> but how sturdy is this research? What might happen if you tapped lightly on their findings? Since you don't have the video, it's a picture of a building falling down, like being demolished. Yeah, under closer scrutiny, this block 
blockbuster collapsed faster than Michael Moore in a spin class. According to experts, the researchers found that vaping produces lots of formaldehyde, but only if you overheat the system. Meaning, if you use the device wrongly in a way that a user can't even tolerate, then it's, it's harmful. This would be like concluding that broccoli is deadly if you eat 300 pounds of it in one sitting. This would be like saying that driving a car is deadly if you floor it in reverse on a narrow cliff while doing jello shots in your underwear. <laughs> the point, if you create an unrealistic climate for harm, you create the harm you seek, which allows researchers to elevate the risk, and that lands them in a prestigious journal. As Reason Magazine's Jacob Solom points out, the study author James Pankow is already backtracking, telling NBC, quote, we are not saying e-cigs are more hazardous than cigarettes, and told Reuters they should have provided more context, admitting the authors just wanted to get it out. Ah, science. What used to be about facts is now about fame, and the casualties are folks trying to quit a bad habit and get healthy. It makes you wonder what the New England Journal is smoking. Uh, I got to credit Leonard Gilroy, the director of government reform from Reason, and Jacob Solomon from Reason, who've been doing a lot of good work on this. Uh, um, I'll go to you, Julie, because you know, we've never talked about this before. We've never right? talked about vaping. That's no, we, ha we haven't. And I, I have a theory that e-cigs don't necessarily look that cool, but by making them sound dangerous, they're turning it into an even cooler thing, which is precisely the opposite. So you think this was an industry study <laughs> <laughs> planted in the industry? Yes. You're right. Thank You're you. right. Um, I actually think vaping looks really creepy. I agree with you. Oh, I think it's great. Look. Oh, he loves it. Oh, you vape? Yeah. I vape every day. Oh, my God. It's He's disgusting. I haven't, had a, I haven't had a cigarette in a year, months, and, right. a year and three months. Why yeah. couldn't you just quit like a normal person? This is, I did quit. Because <laughs> I, I quit overnight. I just decided I was going to. You're a weirdo. If you have no discipline, talking to you? you have no discipline, you know, this is disgusting. Just quit. You are telling me I have no discipline. Oh, you support a president who raises taxes every <laughs> but time I quit, he wakes up. But I woke up. How dare you? I woke up in 2005. You get out of here. <laughs> Done. I'm out. You're going to throw the table oh, This show stinks. Um. Eric, <laughs> uh, the study, that guy over there, that guy, over there the, guy, the guy Kimberly's mad at. Right. This study to me seems like it was rushed out as politicians were pushing for a ban. Like Cuomo is pushing yes. for a ban right but, now. But, but, and why? Yeah. And who is telling Cuomo you need to ban vaping? Yeah, yeah. The tobacco industry. I'm sure there's some sort of mon monetary mo money tie. Right. There's a string somewhere with... with a tobacco lobby is saying we really need to ban vaping because look at this study, look how bad it is for you. Because as it's cheaper than smoking, is it not? Yeah, yeah. right. I've saved right. uh, 20. So, so even when the tobacco companies no. buy the vape companies and now they own it, they're still not going to turn the profit they would if you were smoking two yeah. or three packs a day. It's mm -hmm. much more uh, revenue friendly to them to, to have you smoke a cigarette instead of a vape. Mm -hmm. So that, that this is the way government and politics works. They want something done. They, they hit the lobby. The lobby hits mm -hmm. the politicians and then they back it up with some study that has probably been funded somewhere, some way, somehow. Am I wrong? No, you're right. Actually, yeah. I don't know about Cuomo, but you're right about that. Yeah, for sure. I've said I think this you're wrong. Okay, answer, young lady. Because I think that this, the, that the opposition to vaping actually it doesn't necessarily have to do with the lobbyists per se. It's just that that just the, there is such a visceral reaction against smoking and blowing that in my face that people are holding on to past. Uh, yes. perceptions right. about smoking and they don't realize what this is and how it is helping people. It is. I mean, you, you've taken like five years off your face just by not smoking. <laughs> Thank you for that. <laughs> Where have I put it? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, and that's the other thing. If people are worried that, that if they quit smoking that they'll gain weight, yeah. this is a great way for you to stop smoking and not feel like you're going to gain weight. I think, I don't know if that's the case, but I'll buy that. Uh, okay. Kimberly, I've said this before. Uh, if vaping had maybe been around 30 years uh, ago, uh, we'd have a lot more family members yep. probably around yeah. because they would have stopped smoking and replaced it with something that doesn't have all the tar. I think it's a great alternative. I'm sure to just not even ever starting it or picking it up. But if you do and you're, you care and you want to make sure you're around for your family members, try it. Yeah. Why not? I mean, might... the science is there that it's good. Yeah. It's a good alternative. It's healthier and safe and that's what you should be going with. There might be risks involved. They might, this, this, you need to do research, but the research has to be real. And, and there's has to risks be accurate. in everything. Yeah, there's risks in everything. That is true. And on that note, we're going to go to a break. Coming up. So that was overall very good. The, uh, I think Alex said it best. I noticed in the chat. She's like, oh, that's disgusting. Why don't you just quit like a normal person? She's jealous. You're right, Alex. She's jealous. But anyway, um, 
you see the 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 the, the reaction from this woman. She um, is representative of many people. Oh, that's gross, right? And the woman on the end who commented, well, I don't think it's tobacco companies so much as it's just this perception that, you know, the, the, the people don't want any of this stuff, right? They don't want to, they don't want to see people smoking. They, 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 they're, it's a radical aesthetic argument that the public health companies have made and it's working and stuff like this is working. It's good that there's guys mostly on the right, like Gutfeld, who are doing great pieces like this. That's a very, that's a great piece. That's, that's share worthy stuff for sure. Um, while the opposition to this junk science is a little bit light on the left, it is out there. Um, this uh, gentleman, I, I hope I'm saying his name right, Joe Nocera, this is not the first pro-vaping article that he has uh, shared, and that's from the New York Times. If you're listening on the replay, you can access that, that link in the replay notes. Uh, you're probably on the SoundCloud page, so just go to the top, all the way to the top, and all the way to the right and you'll see a little thing. They, they fucking hide it. I don't know why. It says read more. And then you'll see all the links and uh, articles for that we're discussing in the show today. So there's that. And, you know, there's a, a user on um, on Reddit who did a little, you know, very little bit of digging, but he did it um, and discovered that this research was actually funded by trial lawyers. And why that's important is because they are the same trial lawyers that made fucking bank off of suing tobacco companies that are junk science tobacco research. So, you know, that uh, was on that that was not uncovered by the Fox News people, but it was certainly uncovered by uh, PA Dave on on Reddit. Well, good find, sir. So, um, shit. He could do things like what Brett's doing. One at a time, convincing people, pointing to the junk science, show them articles from both the left and the right, like stuff from Gutfeld, like Joe Nocera. But ultimately, we're going to lose this. Because the people, most of the people, they don't read past the headline. When they see what is believed to be by most people, reputable publications, New York Times, New England Journal of, uh, of Medicine, saying, and, and with, with sensationalistic headlines like, vaping is worse than smoking. Shit, look at this one I found here. Look at this. Um, this is a guy who is either the sponsor or the author of some new legislation in California, right? This is a, this is a, this is a direct quote. And uh, this is, uh, they're trying to get a, you know, like a, indoor use ban, you know, just like the one we're fighting in New York with the lawsuit. But uh, they're, tr they're trying to get an indoor use ban. L listen to this quote. Whether you get people hooked on e-cigarettes or regular cigarettes, it's nicotine addiction and it kills. Democratic State Senator Mark Lino, who introduced the bill, said in a telephone interview, we're going to see hundreds of thousands of family members and friends die from e-cigarette use just like we did from traditional tobacco use. The irony is is, is biting that a, that a company who sells electronic cigarettes cannot even say, cannot legally say, this is a healthier alternative to smoking cigarettes. That is illegal. But this guy, who's got a pen and a thousand guns behind it, is able to tell an outright bald face total lie the most extreme one i've ever heard about vaping even the alphabet alphabet uh alphabet soup public health organizations american heart american lung american cancer even they won't go to this letter but hey this guy he's the one with the pen vaping is doomed ladies and gentlemen let me tell you what's going to happen, and boy, would I like to be wrong. Well, let me tell you what's going to happen over the next few years. It's going to get real ugly. First of all, on the state level, just like we have in New York now, and Cuomo, is, is he was right, Cuomo's getting on this bandwagon. They are going to do everything that they can 
to first ban the sale of Lucy liquid. They'd like to ban it outright, but they won't do that. They're going to just go with the, the loose liquid so that the only thing you could buy is a closed system, like a pre-filled cardamizer or something like that, something that can't be refilled. And that's the only way you will be able to buy e-liquid in a pre-sealed something, right? They're going to keep going and they're going to keep doing it. And one of these days it's going to stick. And it's studies like this, because when you go in front of a city council, right? You may get, if you're lucky, you may get a couple dozen vapors to show up and testify. But then you will get public health groups that have some sort of, I don't know, they got relationships with these lawmakers. They're, they're seen as, as, as do-gooders. And they're going to start saying formaldehyde, diacetyl, more likely to cause lung cancer. So when you're a lawmaker, first of all, your job is to make laws. So you're initially inclined to pass any public health law, whatever it is. And they do. So when you're deciding this, you've already got a, a, a predisposition to want to make more public health laws. You got these people, you know, well-dressed, well-spoken advocates for public health saying formaldehyde, cancer, diacetyl, whatever, right? Then on the other side, You've got poorly dressed vapors who aren't good public speakers. Bless their hearts for showing up, but they don't know how to, and they they might even be fucking vaping in there. Who knows what happens? Control these people. And they're dirty and their pants are ripped. Who do you think they're going to listen to? And while I don't think that every state is going to ban the loose liquid or bottled liquid it's probably not even going to matter because mark my words the fda has their sights on that that is the that is the goal they cannot ban e-cigarettes but they can restrict it so that it's so difficult it, that they they can make it so that it is so undesirable and so expensive to use that people are just going to be like fuck it i'm going to keep smoking that's the target with all this. The target for all this stuff, it's not us. It's not people who already vape, because those people know it's bullshit. The target is the smoker. Somebody who wants to quit, who perhaps has tried the FDA-approved methods of patch gum Chantix. You know, hopefully he's not dead yet, because he took Chantix and fucking went on a fucking shooting spree. Or killed himself. And those are the people. that Those are the targets. For this media. Because if you look at the numbers. They are. The, just a couple of years ago. 85% of the people out there. Thought that vaping was a good idea. A good alternative. To, to smoking. A good way to try to quit. 85%. Vaping was held in pretty high regard. That's taken a 20-point hit over the last two years. I wonder how much worse it would be if we didn't have people like Brett or the American Vaping Association out there, you know, getting out in front of this stuff. But you can't win because the media, they got to sell newspapers. They got to sell clicks. They got to sell ads. And it's a, a whole lot easier to do that when you lead with what bleeds. And formaldehyde and cancer and worse than smoking and then popcorn lung. That's blood. The other side, well, they turned it up too high. Well, yeah, yeah sure, put it in the story, but what's the net effect? The net effect that that 20, points, that 20 point loss that we've had in public opinion in the past two years, trust me, in another two years, we're going to be under 50%. And that's the magic number. Because then politicians, they can just run wild with this shit, and it's popular now. Vaping is doomed. The FDA will, I don't know if they'll be successful, but that is, that is they've got their, their sights set on that. They want, it's, it's, it's about the e-liquid, and they can effectively ban. Now, listen, what does that mean for vapors? Listen, anyone who's, who's been vaping more than, you know, a month at this point, I mean, there's so much information out there. If you do 
if you are somewhat plugged in, you can find out how to you can find out how to DIY. There'll be a gray market. Blah blah blah. That does nothing. That's that's great for you. You'll you will be able to get what you need by hook or by crook. You'll get it right. So you're not in much danger. But the smokers are. In, it, it, it's a it's a public health massacre that is going to happen. Vaping is doomed. I don't know what to tell you what you could do about it. Just, I don't know, do what Brett's doing. Do what the AVA is doing. You could do it on your own. Talk to people. Share these stories. And I'm, you know, it, it, it's, it's all well and good. You know, we got all these Facebook groups and Twitter and everything. But you got to kind of get outside of the community box because we all know it's bullshit. We all know that you don't fucking put a, a, a twist up to 100% and blast your clear out till it burns. We know that. But they don't. The other people don't. The smokers don't. They don't know. We are losing, and it's going to get worse. I'm sorry, but this is not going to end well. Vaping is doomed. I'd be so happy to be wrong. So another thing I'd be happy to be wrong about are the recent comments I've been making about Enjoy. My mind has certainly not changed, but my mind is open. Now, after I talked about it last week, I got an email, a very nice email, from a gentleman. Uh, sorry, Jeff, what's your last name? Jeff Aletta. And he is the uh, the global chief marketing officer at Enjoy. And he's also, also the uh, chief curator of the artist collection. Sent me a very nice email looking to open a dialogue between Enjoy and, and me, and he thinks I've got some things wrong. I hope he's right. My, you know, we haven't talked yet. We've been emailing back and forth. We haven't talked yet, but we'll probably, you know, chat on the phone within the next week or so. And uh, I'll invite him on here, you know. It's, I, I am all for sharing opinions that are contrary to mine. Um, I love being wrong. That's how you learn. Now, I don't think I'm wrong, and, I, and my original point stands. I think that the most likely thing that's going to happen with Enjoy is I think they're going to get bought by, by Big Tobacco, and all of a sudden, one day, you're going to see all these vape shops that bought this artist collection nonsense, and they're, now you're going to be selling Big Tobacco juice, you know? Until they, you know, nix that and fire all the people they've been hired, hiring recently. That's another story, and I told it, I think, fairly well in the last episode. So anyway, I get this nice email, and I'm like, this is great. Guy wants to open a dialogue. Super polite, super respectful, super professional. I will absolutely chat with this this gentleman. No problem. So just when I'm, you know, starting to feel a little bit better, and like I said, I really want to be wrong about this. It's a company I used to respect quite a bit, and they did a great job of, you know, giving the fucking middle finger to the entire community, and that's when they lost me. And this guy's looking to build a bridge. So great. Awesome. And then, later that evening, Dimitri hits me up and he says, hey, listen, man, you got to go, you got to see what's going on here on my Facebook. So what are you talking about? It's like, there's this dude that works for Enjoy and he's fucking, he's saying that, that you and I are, are guilty of libel and slander and he's calling us out and talking all this fucking shit about us. I'm like, what the hell are you talking about? So I go to I, I go to the page, and he was right. I mean, this this, this guy, he's fucking nuts. He works for Enjoy. His name is uh, Jonathan Davenport, and uh, I, I got a. I think I got a. I'll post a link to it in a second. But he's saying all this fucking outrageous stuff, and he's accusing us of illegal activity, libel, slander, defamation. These are. Uh, these are words that mean things that mean that you are that basically we're going to fucking sue you. That's what that means. And he's calling us out and attacking us. So I look at that just that just after just a few hours ago, having the exact opposite experience with somebody at enjoy who's looking to build a bridge, who's looking to have a discussion and got this guy fucking slamming me 
you know, behind my back. I wouldn't have known if Dimitri didn't say that. He's just slamming both of us, saying shit that's not true, saying shit that's fucking crazy. So I decided what I need to do right now is deliver to Mr. Davenport a swift and vicious bitch slap. And I think I accomplished that. So let me read to you my response to Mr. Jonathan Davenport. Hi, Jonathan. You speak passionately in the effort to represent Enjoy in a positive light. Your enthusiasm is commendable. However, I think you should pay closer attention before you make factually incorrect statements. First of all, Dimitri's opinions are his and mine are mine. If anyone wants to hear what Dimitri thinks about Enjoy, they can hear what he thinks about listening, uh, what he thinks by listening to Smoke Free Radio. If anyone wants to hear what I think about Enjoy, they can listen to ClickBang. No thinking person would come to the conclusion that Dimitri's opinion and my opinion is the same on Enjoy. If you're going to make comments like the ones you made in this thread, you really need to pay closer attention. You mentioned that Dimitri, or me, it's hard to tell, has engaged in, quote, slanderous speculation and derogatory defamation. Jonathan, words have meanings. The words slanderous and defamation have very specific meanings. No thinking person would come to the conclusion that any comments about Enjoy made by Dimitri or myself come even remotely close to meeting the definitions of those words. If you're gonna make accusations using very strong words with very specific meanings, you really need to pay closer attention, in this case, to the English language. Take close care. Jonathan, today I received an email from, Gleg, from uh, Jeff Valletta. For those of you who don't know Jeff, he's the global chief marketing officer at Enjoy. Jeff's email was courteous, professional, and sought to open a dialogue about my opinion about Enjoy. I will certainly be taking Jeff up on his offer. Judging by the tone of his initial email, I expect our conversation to be a fruitful one, and I very much look forward to it. It's really a shame that Jeff is not the one engaging Dimitri in this thread instead of you. I have no doubt that the discussion would have been more professional and meaningful. Jonathan, please take this as constructive criticism. Despite your passionate attempt to represent Enjoy, you're doing a very poor job of it. If I were your boss, I would tell you to apologize and walk away from the computer because you're doing more harm than good right now. Your arguments have a long way to go before they could be considered naive. You are not good at this, Jonathan. But don't take my word for it. I'm sure Jeff will have his own opinion. When I respond to the email that he sent me today, I'll be including screenshots from this thread. I think that will lead to an interesting conversation between Jeff and I, and perhaps one at a later date between Jeff and you. Perhaps this will lead you to be better at what you do. Jonathan, you need help, and I'm giving it to you. Shortly after that, uh, Jonathan deleted all the posts. Doesn't matter. I had screenshots of them and put them up there because people are asking for it. I did, apparently, uh, and I did mention to Jeff, I'm like, you know, here here you are trying to build a bridge and, you know, obviously you're representing Enjoy, you work for Enjoy, and someone else from Enjoy starts accusing, uh, accusing me of doing illegal shit and being a piece of shit. So, what the fuck is going on? Jeff profusely apologized to me and uh, apparently told... Um, Jonathan to get on that fucking thread and apologize, and he did. He did apologize, so credit for that. I don't think he had much choice, but he did apologize. And that, ladies and gentlemen, is how you smack down a bitch. I used an open hand. I'd like to play a new game, and this game is called Hardcore pornography or 
nervous breakdown. I'm going to play some audio for you, and you have to guess, is this hardcore pornography or a nervous breakdown? Have a listen. Let me get to the good part here. Okay, that's enough. So, I've seen some guesses for breakdown and some guesses for porn. Some for both at the same time, which, sadly, is actually the majority of pornography. Ugh. Anyway, um, it was indeed a nervous breakdown, ladies and gentlemen. That is a woman who missed her flight. Obviously, none too happy about it. Stay tuned for next week's episode of Hardcore Pornography or Nervous Breakdown. <laughs> okay, oh, I got a call here. Let me pick this up. What's going on over here? Okay, caller in the 408 area code. You're on the air. Hi, Russ. How's it going? This is Ed Wolf. Oh, hey, what's up, bud? Hey, I, I just don't quite understand your position on Enjoy. Uh, and I know you've given it a couple times, and I, I think you've, you know, I've, I've given my impression of what I think, where they are at. But when you said in your last show that you thought they were a scam company uh, trying to roll vapors under the bus, uh, I just don't understand, you know, why you would think so much that perhaps comments made to a news reporter about flavors, what, a year ago or so, uh, is that significant? Uh, it's not like they're going to the FDA and, and speaking like R.J. Reynolds is. And they, re you know, what, two weeks ago they released a study, uh, you know, that was funded by Enjoy, talking about the importance of flavors and how it, they are not a gateway for for youth. So, I, I just don't understand, you know, going out there and saying no matter what the juice tastes like, you would never recommend it. And that they're, you know, if you're a brick and mortar, you would see them as a scam company. It just doesn't make sense to me. Okay. Well, let me try to help you understand. Uh, first of all, the comments that they made, um, I believe that was their sincere opinion based upon their business model at the time. When they saw that it was a bad idea for business, uh, they, you know, went back the other way. It's, it, I think they're acted that way uh, in their best financial interests, which isn't the worst thing in the world. And I and I wouldn't say that Enjoy is the worst vaping company out there by far. Listen, I think their juice is probably a whole lot safer than a ton of the shit that's out there. That being said, I wouldn't support them. I wouldn't buy from them. And I'd encourage people not to because I do believe that the only way for this company to succeed is to get bought out. And the most likely target for a buyout is Big Tobacco. Now they've said, and, and I assume, I, I'm going to guess that Jeff is going to make the argument that they would never sell out to Big Tobacco, but the fact of the matter is they don't have a choice, really. Uh, guys like Jeff uh, and some of the other people on the Enjoy board, they just hired a new dude today to be their CEO, who's an ex-Big Pharma guy. Um, guys like that certainly have some say, but ultimately this is a company with who has been infused with a large amount of uh, venture capital. There are shareholders in this company. Uh, those shareholders are ultimately the people who are going to make the decision. The decision 
will be made by what is most profitable. The most profitable uh, decision will be to sell to Big Tobacco if they do get such an offer. Yes, it's possible for them to get an offer from another type of a company, but they have to sell. When you invest in a company like these shareholders have done, you are waiting for an opportunity to make money. You make money, sure, when the company sells more products, but you make big money when the company sells out. When that opportunity arises, the shareholders will decide where they go. I think, and again, I'd like to be wrong, I think, and it's my opinion, that the most likely company to be sold to will be Big Tobacco. They are looking to get the shelf space and the distribution channels that Enjoy has been has, has set up. They are not, they don't care about the product. When they bought, when uh, I think it was RJR bought, bought Greensmoke, Greensmoke's a shit product. Tastes like shit, doesn't work particularly well, but guess what? They had great distribution channels. They bought the company not for the product. They could care less about the product. It's because now they own the channels and they own the shelf space. So that's my opinion. And why would I not want to get involved? With, or why do I encourage people not getting involved? Because they've proven with their actions. They, they just lick their, they lick their thumb. They put it in the wind and that's the way they go. Whether it's good for us or bad for us changes, you know, at, you know, day by day. And so have they. And I don't think that a vape shop that is putting this product on their shelves, I don't think that they would want to if they knew that there's a significant chance, in my opinion, a significant likelihood, a probability that that is going to be big tobacco one day. Why bother? It's Listen, the juice might be good. It's probably safe. I'll give them the benefit of the doubt on that. But you know what? There's a million other products to choose from out there that are good, that are safe, and frankly cost less. Why bother getting involved? I'm just putting it out there that like, listen, you got a million choices to make. This is probably a poor one. Does that clarify my opinion? Yeah, it does. But, but you know, the foundation of what you're using is pretty darn weak uh, because you're just saying that any large company at some time could be bought out by big, you know, tobacco. Mm, well, no, 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 A no. lot of funding. Well, sure, that's what you're saying. No, no, that's no. That, but there, but any large company. Yeah, at any large company. But how many companies are as big as Enjoy? You can count them on one hand. Sure. And the next one, and anyone that gets to a certain size with your logic is going to be bought out. So you shouldn't use them. So once you get grow to what, 10%, 15%, what's the percentage before you're against them? Well, it depends. Um, if there is a company out there that, and there is none even close to as big as enjoy, who is, would be a target for, for getting bought out like this. Um, if there is a company who has a consistent, uh, track record and 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 who is believable um, and who has control of the company to the point where they could refuse a buyout then I'd say okay it's not about it's not the size it's about the uh, it's it's about the track record and I am not impressed with enjoy's track record that's my own opinion now if there was another company who was able to get that big and who did have a track record that I'd be impressed with I'd say okay well they're I don't think they are gonna sell to big tobacco. They, they've acted in a way that's consistent in that. So listen, that is just my opinion. Right. But part of the track record of enjoy is that they won against the FDA and they also have like Sean Parker and some other, you know, big technology people that have a lot of money that would probably hate to have their, you know, uh, legacy be that they're the company that they're involved with is bought out by big tobacco, especially since, you know, they've been going around saying that they want to obsolete tobacco. So I don't, I don't even know if you have enough information, and I don't, about their corporate structure and whether it's just going to be a shareholder vote or if the interest is, is held closely enough within the people that are running the company that they can make a decision. When you linked up the stuff to Bonnie Herzog, none of that said, and, and you said that they were imminently trying to get bought out and they failed at doing so and they're disappointed. None of the things that Bonnie Herzog said, any of that, and what she said is that one potential candidate could be Enjoy, and she's a sell side analyst. So she she is also besides just putting out recommendations, she's putting out feelers. When she puts out a recommendation, she can be using that to seek information. So you're you're the premise that they're just about to get bought out. Is, is failed because they weren't well it, you have no evidence they were trying to get bought out and at the same time when you're saying they were trying to get bought out it's when they got a huge influence uh, influx of uh of venture capital 
So unless you know what the venture capital, what their agreements and how that is structured, you can't make an assumption that they can just be bought out by shareholder votes. Well, you, you I'm gonna... It's a private company. They're not publicly reporting it. You just don't have all that information. And and it, to, to me, I mean, did you listen to the, the Phil Bissardo interview with, uh, with Jeff and Joey? Did you listen to that? Not the whole part, but the part where they apologized, yeah. No, the the video that he did about two yeah. months ago, yeah. which was an hour interview with him. Mm-hmm. I mean, some of the things that they said there were, you know, when he's, the, the, he was talking about, you know, providing regulatory services, and he was talking about before December uh, that they might be able to roll something out. I, I haven't gotten any update on what's happening, yet, but I think that, you know, when you call them a scam company, you know, it, it's absolutely wrong and it's pretty vile. Uh, so I don't know why you think that, that somebody shouldn't react to that. And that and then when you're called out on it, that you're acting as if, you know, uh, your your gentle feelings are offended. And I, so when I saw what you saw it, uh, wrote on, on Dimitri's blog, I thought, you know, geez, that's a gentle rust. But I also heard the show uh, and, and your end-of-the-year show where right after you went from Enjoy, you went straight into the toilet talking about how you're going to wipe your ass. So it, it's... Well, that's what I do. I just don't think that you're, I, I just, I know, but I just don't think that you're on an even keel as far as your perspective on, on what the okay. company is trying to do. Well, fair enough. You're entitled to your opinion. I want to address two of your comments. First of all, you brought up the lawsuit, um, which was uh, 2009 or 2010. Uh, we owe Enjoy, uh, I, I agree with you, we owe them a, a huge, a huge amount of, of gratitude for what they did. Um for those of you who aren't aware, the FDA basically shut down. They were seizing huge shipments of E6 coming into the country. It was a scary time. Um, and only because a federal judge told them they had to stop, Judge Richard Leon told them they had to stop. And the reason he did that was because a lawsuit was, was brought against the FDA by, at the time, smoking everywhere. Um, that lawsuit drained them. Um, luckily, Enjoy, um, and some other companies, but Enjoy uh, picked up the slack. They jumped on the suit. And were able to, uh, they, they had the funds to, to actually um, to fight it, and they won. Um, we might not be, ta- I might not be talking about vaping right now if Enjoy didn't do that. And to that, for, to them, I say thank you. Um, but moving ahead the, to the other things, to the, the, the Bonnie Hurt, listen, I don't know that. You're right. I am speculating. You're right. I will certainly ask Jeff that once we have our conversation, and hopefully he agrees to come on the air here. Maybe he'll be able to convince people, including myself, against this. But this this is my speculation. This is my opinion. I respect your your opinion and your right to disagree, and I'm glad you called in to do so. Um, but that's all I'm doing here. And, hey, listen, people heard what you had to say. You made some great points. They heard what I had to say, well, and then they'll decide. All right. There, there, just one other thing. You know, I'm in California, and their lobbyists, and come talk to Stephen Dedek on this, their lobbyists went in there and disabled something that, and, and something that they, that, that kind of like what is going on in New York, and and you know they get a lot of credit because they killed it in subcommittee uh, before it actually got the vote. I'm just saying that that enjoy themselves. I, I I know what they said at some point, and I'm still trying to find out where they said it because apparently it was just in an interview with a with a press thing about flavors, but they've come so far over to the other side and they've got a history of fighting the FDA and winning. When I'm looking at all these legal battles, I'm looking at Enjoy's lawyers have are showing to be the best capable at handling this stuff and that's why, you know, I want their support. And I think, you know, I, I, I just don't think calling them a scam company I think that was way over the line. You can't I mean I, I think that was way over the line. Okay. Um listen, I after I've done those two shows, I've been contacted by quite a few people who are frankly smarter than me and uh, are even deeper into advocacy than I am. And they said basically what you just said to me. Um, I I take that seriously. Um, And I know they have been doing some good things for advocacy. Like I said, this is not the worst company in, uh, in the vaping community by since or at least that's what they're trying to get into, to being a part of the community. They're not the worst, no. Um, but they are one that I'm, I definitely commend them for that lawsuit. I definitely commend them for some of the advocacy things that they're doing. I just, it, it's it's my opinion 
that this company, it's going to go in a certain way. I, Ed, I'd love to be wrong. And I'd love for Jeff to convince me that I am. And I do have an open mind. All right, thanks. Thanks for calling in. Good call. There he goes, everybody. Mr. Edward Wolf. Okay, so we'll see. Hey, maybe I'll come on the air. Again, guys, I really want to be wrong. Just don't think I am. Um, oh, and here's another reason why vaping is doomed. That lawsuit, right? It bankrupted one of the biggest companies out there in e-cigs at the time, right? If other companies with deep pockets didn't step up to the plate, vaping would have been effectively banned back in 2009, 2010. This is kind of, this is what we're looking at in the future, right? Again, I'm speculating, but I think the FDA is going to go hard, like I said earlier, hard against bottled e-liquid. They don't want that on the market. Their target is pre-filled, sealed cartomizers or some similar technology and no bottled e-liquid. That is what they're going to gun for. The only way we can stop that is through another lawsuit or through a, an action in Congress that's highly unlikely but possible. Uh, it's more likely that it'll be fruitful through uh, through a lawsuit. That is going to be outrageously expensive. Now, if big pharma, you know, just like uh, just like the tobacco companies are buying up the biggest uh, e-cig companies for their for their shelf space and distribution channels. If big pharma was smart, they would buy the e-cig companies and just make fucking parking lots out of them. Because if they do, that money will be a very wise investment. Because now, what if by doing that, by just buying the biggest companies that do have the money to uh, to, to to fight this in court, and then dismantle the companies or do whatever to them, uh, they have eliminated the only thing that can stop them, which is a lawsuit. Because I don't care how many small, you know, to, to medium-sized vape companies get together for a lawsuit, it ain't going to be enough money. And it's going to drain them dry. I hope Pfizer doesn't listen to the show. It's, it's, it's strange how, I mean, it's good that we have a court system that fights against, you know, civil rights violations and whatnot. It's kind of odd that the battle to have people allowed to get cake is on the forefront. And for some reason, this all happens in Colorado. I don't know what it, what it is about people and their cake in Colorado, but it's fucking strange. Um, so here's some more, uh, cake nonsense. People, people going crazy because they, they, they can't get the cake that they want, want and going to court. Um, the, uh, the last story I covered on this was there have been a couple of times where gay, um, gay people want to go to a cake store and they want to buy a, a cake for their wedding. And the person who owns the cake store has objections because they're Christians usually, and they don't want to make a cake for a couple because it's against their religious beliefs. Now, listen, I think those people are idiots, but I defend their right to be an idiot and run their business the way they want to. Well, the judge doesn't, doesn't agree with me. I think, you know, I think I, I would think the negative uh, publicity is, is is more than enough to do harm to these these kind of people with these these hateful opinions. But a judge agreed and said, no, you as a cake maker. If someone wants to uh, a cake for their for their gay wedding, you have to make it for them, and you are liable if you don't. Well, listen to what happened next. A cake shop is once again the legal battleground over gay rights and religious liberty in Colorado. When a customer asked a bakery in Denver to write gay messages on a cake, the owner refused. Nine News reporter Jessica O oh looks into whether that decision was legal. 
Asuka Bakery, this is Marjorie. How can I help you today? As demanding as business can be, Marjorie Silva never got a demand quite like the one she got last March. Here we do just happy cakes, you know, happy birthday, happy anniversary. A customer wanted a couple in the shape of Bibles, which was a piece of cake. It's the words and phrases she says he wanted on the cakes that got her attention. Detestable and sinners, and he wanted me to draw two guys holding a hand with an X on top. The messages were too extreme for the bakery owner. After I read it, I'm like, no, there's no way we are not doing these. Uh, this is just very discriminatory and hateful. Instead, she says she offered to make the cakes and sell frosting to that customer so he could write the messages himself. That customer ended up putting down a discrimination complaint with Colorado's Department of Regulatory Agencies, or DORA. It's unfair that he's accusing me of discriminating when I think he is the one that is discriminating. The root is the Latin word scary. The man behind the complaint is this educator from Castle Rock. Bill Jack did not confirm or deny what what he wanted on the cake, but told us over the phone he felt he was a victim of religious discrimination. That argument doesn't fly because she didn't deny him service because he was Christian. DU law professor Nancy Leong, who says she has a progressive view on discrimination, disagrees. She didn't violate any laws. Leong says, if anything, the fact that she wouldn't write his message, well, requiring her to do that would actually begin to infringe on her own free speech rights. For now, both parties are awaiting a decision. It's already almost a year. On a bitter battle over a sweet treat. That's just not right, you know? In Denver, Jessica O, oh, 9 News. Once again, I'm on the... Little Jack oh, says he's more than willing to talk about this issue after Dora makes its decision. Last year, a cake shop from Lakewood made national news when a judge found that it illegally refused to make a cake for a same-sex wedding. Under the okay, so it's, it's the same thing, right? It's the same thing. Now, granted, on one side, you have a cake a cake uh, shop that has been brainwashed by religion and is doing something stupid. On the other hand, you have a cake shop who, honestly, this woman went above and beyond. I mean, she did not feel, and I don't, you know, I don't blame her. Even, even if you did agree with this guy, that, that even if you agreed with the statements that he wanted to put on the cake, it would be dumb to do so because then this guy, he's, you know, he's going to say, hey, look at this cake I got from uh, the happy cake shop here, cake shop here, and it's got, you know, all these horrible anti-gay slogans on it. They're going to ask, well, where'd you buy the cake? And then the business is, you know, they're going to look stupid. So she, I think she went above and beyond. She said, I'll make you the cake and I'll sell you a little frosting thing and you can write whatever you want on the cake yourself. That's above and beyond. And she didn't, she didn't refuse him service. She just said, I'm not writing hateful things on a cake. You could do that yourself and I'll make you a delicious cake to do it on. Above and beyond. But that's the thing. When you restrict the rights of a business to operate in the way that they see fit, and you say that you cannot, you you know, you essentially don't have your First Amendment right to free speech, uh, to association, and to uh, religious views, wacky as they may be, if you lose that right, guess what? So does she. So does the nice cake lady who doesn't want to write anti-gay messages on a cake. Guaranteed that other case is going to be pressed, and it's the same state. That's why I did it. Free speech only works when it's totally free. The right of a business owner to conduct themselves the way that they want. It has to. It has to be. It has to be complete. Free speech doesn't work when you put little pieces of it in a box. It says, "Okay, not this and not that." Then the whole fucking system breaks down. Now I want cake. I love that fudgy the whale. That's a great one. You know, uh, Tom Carvel shits in a spiral. A uh, little, little known fact. So we got in New York. We got this thing. Like, if you see something, say something. Call. They encourage people to call three one one, which is for information and for reporting non-emergency situations. And then obviously nine one one is for you know, immediate emergency situations. So there's this woman. She lives in a, they're going to say that it's a bad project. There's rampant crime in this area, and that's where she lives. So over the course of a couple of years, she called 311 on average three times a month, right? Given where she lives, that doesn't seem actually to be excessive. There's 
there's shit going on way bad shit going on way more than three times a month. So it doesn't even seem that excessive. She's doing what the poster says. So what happened? The, the, the cops came and threw and threw her in jail. You, you can't make this shit up. This is NYPD's finest, finest. She saw something, she said something, and then she got arrested for it. A 67-year-old woman who lives in Castle Hill Houses in the Bronx is filing a federal lawsuit, slamming the NYPD for busting her just for calling 311 too much. Arl Sapita called the city hotline 44 times during a stretch of 15 months, and she phoned 911 twice after moving into the Castle Hill Houses in 2011. Her phone calls were to complain about drug dealers outside her apartment building, noise, and on two occasions, a broken elevator. Quote, I kept calling, but no one ever did anything, Sapita told the Daily News. In 2012, she says she was contacted by Detective Theodore Stefatos, who later visited her apartment with two other officers. He warned her to stop making phone calls and even handcuffed her and brought her down to the police station. She was told to go to court to face charges, but when she did, no charges had apparently been filed. Sapita's lawsuit alleges her civil and First Amendment rights were violated. Monetary demands weren't disclosed. You can't make this stuff up. And so you see what happened there. The, the cops got tired because they got to respond to these calls, I guess. They got tired of going. They're just like, so what, what do they do? They go there, this little old woman, they put, they, they put her in handcuffs and in, intimidate her. You know, she broke no law, so it's a completely unlawful arrest and a completely un, unlawful detainment just to kind of scare her, and they didn't file the charges. So what does that tell you? They didn't, they, didn't, they didn't put the charges through. They're just trying to scare the shit out of her. Who does that to a little old lady? New York's finest. Roll up a blue and white with three guys, handcuff a little old lady, and, you know, make her life hell for a day. For what? Okay, so listen. If you missed the very beginning of the program, what I'm going to be doing during After Hours, is this is very special. I've wanted to do this for a while. 